0: To address the issues facing Tennesseans today from 10 news. This is inside Tennessee.
1: Good morning and welcome to inside Tennessee. I'm your moderator John Becker. There is a new sheriff in town. Well, actually, he's been on the job several months now and spent almost 30 years with Knox County Sheriff Department before taking the top job after winning the election and assuming his duties in August of last year. Sheriff Tom Spangler now commands the largest law enforcement agency in East Tennessee. The department website says that includes managing more than 1,000 employees, 475 sworn officers, and management of a jail with consistently more than 1,000 inmates. This is our first extended interview on Inside Tennessee with Knox County's new sheriff, Tom Spangler, and it's a pleasure to have you.
2: Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
1: We'll get to questions momentarily. Sheriff, let me introduce our panel. On the end there is Don Bosch. He runs his own law firm and happens to be a Democrat. Good morning, John. Good morning. Mike Cohen runs his own PR firm and happens to be a Republican. Morning, JB. Morning. John North, my true North, runs the digital side of WBIR.com. He is the maestro of everything.
3: I happen to be a journalist.
1: Yes, you do. (laughs) All right. Thank you, sir. Uh, Mr. Spangler, Sheriff Spangler, um, let's talk about your last several months on the job. What's been the most challenging thing that you have faced?
2: I'd say there's several things that's been very challenging, but uh, it's not new to me. Obviously, as you know, I was there for 30 years, so uh, being interim sheriff back in 2000, I think it was seven uh, for a few months. And uh, I guess just with the overall aspect of picking everything up now instead of just some of the uh, responsibilities that I have now I have everything and and working with the jails a little bit back then but now I have that on my shoulders now so to speak and uh, uh, we're learning a lot more each day but it's been great and I tell people I love it
1: among the first things that you did was change the shifts for your deputies and pulling them back from 12 hour shifts EXPLAIN YOUR MOTIVATION THERE AND THEN HOW YOU'VE SEEN THAT DEVELOP OVER SEVERAL MONTHS.
2: ONE WORD, SAFETY. Uh, NOT ONLY SAFETY FOR THE OFFICERS BUT THE SAFETY FOR THE COMMUNITY. I JUST DIDN'T WANT OUR OFFICERS OUT THERE WORKING 12 HOURS, WHICH COULD TURN INTO 14 OR 16 HOURS, THEM BEING TIRED AND HAVING TO MAKE THAT LIFE-SAVING OR LIFE-THREATENING uh, DECISION ON ANYTHING AND THEM BEING EXHAUSTED IN THAT in that MANNER AND I JUST DIDN'T FEEL uh professionally, from my experience, that that was the right thing. So within 10 days of us taking office, then that was changed.
1: You also uh, shaved some upper-level positions within the department. You made those changes early on. How would you assess how that's gone in your administration?
2: I think it's going well. And when when you say shave, what what has happened? We have had people that have retired, and with those positions, I'm not going to refill those positions as ranking officers. What I intend to do, and which we're working on now with our upcoming budget, is to make those positions either corrections and/or patrol positions. As I said during the campaign, I want to get more people out on the street. I want to have more people working in that jail. So SO THAT WE CAN DO MORE THINGS.
1: WANT TO MOVE TO uh, THE JAIL. THAT IS ONE OF THE MOST PRESSING ISSUES THAT I KNOW OUR PANEL WANTS TO WEIGH IN ON. BUT LET'S JUST SET THE SCENE FOR OUR VIEWERS WHO AREN'T FAMILIAR WITH THE JAIL POPULATION AND KIND OF WHERE IT STANDS. YOU ARE OVERCROWDED.
2: OVERCROWDED. YES, SIR. AND, very and much.
1: FOR OUR VIEWERS WHO DON'T UNDERSTAND WHAT THAT MEANS, EXPLAIN exactly what it does
2: it means that we don't have enough beds for the inmates that we have incarcerated within our jail uh we uh, they uh, several years ago before i came in office they end up double bunking some of the pods just because the, instead of adding uh more facility if you will we double bunked the pods but what they didn't do was they didn't add any more staff to it so what you had compared to 40 inmates in a pod and one officer in there now you have 80 inmates in a pod and one officer in there so there's a safety factor for both inmate and for the officer because if you take all the inmates out at one time to give them their time out then of course you've got one officer who's watching those and if there's a conflict with between two inmates or something then it it grows and that's part of our problem right now and uh, obviously we are out of room and, and I did make it very well known when I first came into office that we're overcrowded. I wasn't out there saying we have to have more jail space. I I mentioned we ha- we need more jail, but my whole purpose was to make sure that everybody knew that we are overcrowded. We have to do something. And with the sheriffs, I'm responsible for making sure we take care of those inmates. We have TCI, which is Tennessee Corrections Institute, to make sure that we got go by their guidelines and uh, we are ACA accredited. And both of those entities have come in and said this jail is run properly. So, you know, it's a uh, Something we'll continue working on. We're working with the DA's office, uh, KPD, ourselves, and trying to find other ways to see what we can to r- reduce the numbers. Uh, but it, it's a continuous thing, and we're having to work on it daily. Let, let
4: me do a little deeper dive. Yes, on sir. This because uh, I'm not going to lay on you. You're new to the job, and as we talked before the show, you inherited much of these problems. Uh, I think I started with Sheriff Fowler uh, back complaining about <laughs> things with the jail even before the detention facility was built. Yes, but let me tell you the experiences I have as a lawyer that visits there. It is woefully understaffed. It is, in fact, overcrowded. People, and understand that 70% of the people there are not convicted. They're pretrial presumed innocent. Do you agree with uh, that statistic?
2: That's probably a close. Okay. Yes.
4: Um, and the turnaround time to get people el- who are eligible to get out of their pretrial is abysmal. Um, and it's largely because the staff is not there to process them or the resources aren't there to get them secure and get them back into the community awaiting disposition of their cases. I know there's litigation pending. I know there's some things you can't talk about. But what do you think you can do immediately um, to cure some of these problems? Because I look at them and I think uh, myself and some other members of the bar have some
2: relatively simple solutions to at least improve the situation. Sure, and, and and I agree with you, Don, and I appreciate you saying that we are understaffed. What we're trying to do is to be able to grow that staff to where we can make those people that are due to get out, to get them out quicker, and we're definitely gonna work on that. I, I can sit here and tell you that that's something that we've already discussed. Uh, actually, we talked about it even last Friday. I know and, the and judges
4: have a plan. They're, they're talking about proposing on bonding. Yes. And, and bonding people out quicker, but Even people that are O.R. bond, on recognizance, Mm -hmm. do not have to use a bonding company, post money or property, are still taking 8, 10, 12 hours to be released when you look at the other metropolitan areas and they're averaging closer to 4.
2: And, I'm too just long. Confused. Well, yes. and I want to make sure that you're unconfused and we'll make sure that we're working on that. As I sit here and tell you, that's what we're doing and we'll make sure that that happens. And building that staff is going to help us do that. But it, it may not happen overnight, but it, you'll see a difference coming, I what promise What do you think you.
4: the time frame is on building that staff?
2: Uh, uh, again, it's going to depend on how many people we get applying, which right now we're seeing more people apply than we've seen and they've seen in the uh, past few years. Uh, I don't know if it's because of me coming in or, or if it's just people looking for jobs now, but we're thankful to see the applicants now that are coming in and now starting to fill those positions. We're, we're filling positions almost weekly right now, so hopefully we, we get to that point to where it diminishes the time on that, and that's what we're going to work on. We will stick with this topic because I know Mike and John
1: uh, have some questions as well, but we're going to take a quick break here on Inside Tennessee back with the sheriff after this. Back on Inside Tennessee with Knox County Sheriff Tom Spangler. Mike Cohen. Yeah,
0: Sheriff, uh, the jail is often described as the biggest mental health facility in East Tennessee. You've got an awful lot of people in there that need treatment. Um, Can we address jail overcrowding by finding another way to treat those people? And and I'll give you one idea. Uh, At-Large, Commissioner Justin Biggs has talked about the possibility of securing one of the buildings at St. Mary's, maybe in cooperation with the city, and creating a somewhat secure psychiatric facility so you could move people out of jail to that. Uh, Is that realistic?
2: I I don't know why it wouldn't be. I I think any idea at this point is realistic, and uh, any idea needs to be certainly looked into and I I think we have to take that time. Uh, I think our last count uh, yesterday was we we had a right around 60. I think it was mental health patients inmates within our facility. Uh, THAT'S NOT WHERE THEY NEED TO BE. WE'RE NOT PROFESSIONALS TO TAKE CARE OF THOSE, AND I DON'T THINK THAT WE WANT TO GET INTO THAT PROFESSION. Uh, I DON'T WANT TO STEP ON THE TOES OF of THE PSYCHOLOGIST AND PSYCHIATRIST, AND THAT'S WHERE THEY NEED TO BE. THE JAIL DOES NOTHING AS FAR AS I'M CONCERNED BUT AGGRAVATE THEIR SITUATION.
0: AND and WHAT ABOUT PEOPLE THAT NEED TO BE TREATED FOR ADDICTION? Uh,
2: uh, our programs or we have programs initially when they come in there. Some of the programs that uh, they have to be in there for a certain length of time. So some of the inmates that may be in there for 10 days or something under those uh, addictions, if you will, and what have you, may not be able to get into one of our programs. But what we're making sure of is that we have the ability and the information to send those inmates somewhere when they do get out of our, out of our facility to make sure that they go and look for that help there.
0: And, and even with all those efforts... Do you anticipate when it's budget time in Knox County this year, asking for the money to build an additional pod, which is what thirty to forty million dollars,
2: something like that? I'm sure that we're going to entertain it, at least put it in there. Now, whether or not how far that goes, I'm not sure. But you know, we've got to talk about it, and uh, we'll we'll see what happens with that. So, I I hate to say that we go to the taxpayers and say, "Hey, we need money for this," because I know how that is, and uh, but. We've got to do something, and, and we're going to work on it very there diligently. There
4: seems to be a number of less expensive solutions than a new $40 million pot.
2: I'd love for us not to be overcrowded, period. I'd love for our jail to have nobody in there, so to speak. But you know, if we have to have people in there, I'd love for it not to be overcrowded. Uh, what I do want to say is that in my professional opinion, our jail is not being run unconstitutionally, but there are some things that probably need to be addressed.
3: Do you have some inmates who should be in state custody at this point. You have too many. Absolutely. So the state is basically sort of shifting a burden back upon the well, county. Well, they're, they're paying the county for
2: those. The, we are getting paid, as Don mentioned. We are getting paid for those. But what's happened, the state is overcrowded to a point they can't take anybody. So it's not just Knox County that's having a problem. It's jails all, acro- all across the state of Tennessee, and we're all dealing with it. When I was in the sheriff's uh, new sheriff's school that was two weeks long, we had one week of nothing but corrections, and every agency that was represented in there was anywhere from 80% TO 112 PERCENT.
1: WHEN YOU TALK ABOUT THE JAIL, SHERIFF, um, WE HEAR A LOT ABOUT RECIDIVISM. YOUR PREDECESSOR WAS OFTEN FOND OF SAYING 5 PERCENT OF THE PEOPLE THAT WE COME IN CONTACT WITH COST US, MAKE UP ABOUT 25 PERCENT OF THE COSTS. Does that hold true with you? Is recidivism still very high, the
2: swinging door, the revolving door? We still see some of the same people, and some of them still coming back. That number, I, I'm not going to say right now, just four months into, into my term, uh, I wouldn't have a number on that. What we will do is come probably around uh, April or May, look and see what number we've had since we've come in to see if it is about the same or something. But, yeah, that recidivism is, is probably going to be about the same.
3: WHAT ABOUT THE B-hook? Um YOU'VE BEEN IN OFFICE NOW FOR A HANDFUL OF MONTHS, WHAT'S YOUR IMPRESSION IN TERMS OF WHETHER THAT'S MAKING A DIFFERENCE THAT HELPS YOU OUT AS THE PERSON WHO HAS TO OVERSEE
2: THE JAIL? WELL, I THINK YOU'RE GOING TO SEE THAT IT DOES SOME. I THINK WITH THE NUMBER OF BEDS, I THINK THAT'S KIND OF uh, WHAT EVERYBODY SEES OUT THERE WITH 14 TO 16 BEDS DEPENDING ON uh, HOW MANY THEY HAVE IN THERE AT THE TIME, uh, IS THAT HELPING the thing about it is it's not just in there for three days, it's got to continue on for anywhere from 120 to six months uh, outside of that facility. I think that what that has done is put a band-aid on us, but we've got to get a bigger BAND-AID, IF YOU WILL, TO START MAKING SURE THAT WE GET THE PEOPLE IN THERE THAT NEED TO GO THERE. I KNOW THE NUMBERS WITHIN THE SHERIFF'S OFFICE ARE TRANSPORTED are A LOT LOWER THAN, than THE CITIES, uh, OBVIOUSLY BECAUSE OF THE, the DEMOGRAPHICS of, uh, OF THINGS, BUT uh, I DON'T THINK THAT'S WHERE THE ISSUES AT. I THINK THE ISSUE IS MAKING SURE THAT WE GET THE RIGHT PEOPLE IN THERE AND GET them pe- get THOSE PEOPLE THE TREATMENT yeah. BECAUSE th- THOSE PEOPLE GOING THERE CERTAINLY DON'T NEED TO BE GOING TO OUR JAIL. Sure, three,
0: d- THREE DAYS WON'T DO IT. NO, SIR. SHERIFF, sure, YOU'RE NEW at YOUR JOB. We have a county mayor who's new at his job, too. How are the two of you working together, and does he understand the challenges you face? Is he trying to find
2: ways to help you? He is, and we're working greatly together, and I greatly appreciate that. And and I want to say, too, uh, we're working great with uh, Eve Thomas, Chief Thomas over at KPD. And, you know, the relationship within the law enforcement uh, community within Knoxville and Knox County I think is very good. Sheriff,
4: maybe one last question about the jail, and I know this is a sensitive subject because there, it is involved with litigation, but would you be open to in-person visits by family of two inmates with a course of appropriate security like it used to be versus solely video visitation, which, frankly, has not been very successful for the jail, at least before you took office
2: i'm not going to entertain it until i can get enough staff to look into it And if i've got enough staff we'll certainly entertain it uh, I, i'm not going to sit, sit here and tell you don i'm not going to do that uh, but what i will tell you is if i can get enough staff to make that happen we'll certainly look into it and see if it's feasible for us to do i want to make sure that the inmates uh feel like that their families are being able to talk to them but I also know that it's not only just I keep saying a safety issue because it is it's a safety issue to be able to move an inmate in and around that facility to get them where they need to go but I, I won't sit here and tell you absolutely not.
4: And I appreciate the law enforcement perspective but again with 70% of the folks that are being held pre-trial and with the system the secure system often failing and I've had clients where that literally has happened most of the clients that I have stay at length in your facility are federal holds that come over but Uh, Many jails manage this problem very effectively, and our jail, your detention facility, was built to accommodate those kinds of visits. So it's a big problem that many of us are concerned about, about the humanity involved with the visits and the ability for family to effectively visit.
1: We're going to take a quick break on Inside Tennessee, back with more from the sheriff and about the opioid crisis, the influence it's having. Welcome back on this Sunday morning, a conversation with Knox County Sheriff Tom Spangler, John North.
3: Sheriff, we'll shift now to talking about opioids and trying to deal with the problem that we've got in Knox County. Um, Before you took office, there was kind of an experimentation with the drug Vivitrol, which is very expensive and only a handful of folks, inmates, who are being tapped to take part in it. You and I have talked briefly about that. Uh, One, I'm interested in whether you have any further impressions about that. Uh, again, as somebody who oversees inmates, and two, uh, from your perspective, if you are uh, coming to any decisions about ways that uh, we can be dealing with the opioid crisis,
2: we are continuing the Vivitrol program. I know they they continue to grant with it, so we're going to continue with it. We saw a a slight number of successful. And I think at any any time we're dealing with something like that, if one is a is is good, then it's a success, and uh, so we'll continue with it until we look, or until that uh, grant runs out, and we'll see what happens from there. Because obviously the shot itself is like anywhere from a thousand to twelve hundred dollars. So uh, where do we get those funds to be able to continue it? But I know that this for this next year it will be going. WE ARE CONTINUING TO LOOK AT OTHER WAYS, AGAIN, WITHIN THE FACILITY. WE KNOW OF PEOPLE WHO ARE EITHER ADDICTED AND WHAT HAVE YOU. Are SOME OF OUR PROGRAMS THAT WE'RE INVOLVING PEOPLE, AND I THINK WITH OUR MENTAL HEALTH, OR I'M SORRY, WITH THE uh, PROGRAMS THAT WE HAVE WITHIN in THE FACILITY, WE'RE TRYING OUR BEST TO AT LEAST HELP THE PEOPLE WHILE THEY'RE THERE TO GET THEM THAT HELP, OR WHERE THEY CAN GO GET THAT HELP. BUT WE DON'T WANT TO SEE THEM BACK IN THERE, AND THAT'S WHY WE'RE right. TRYING TO PUT OUR FOOT FORWARD TO HELP THEM WITHIN THE LAW ENFORCEMENT SIDE. Why can't we do that and then reach out to our communities? I know Jason Zachary, our representative, has reached out to some of our local uh, faith-based people, and uh, we've had a meeting once already, and I think they had one I wasn't able to attend, but getting them more involved now is just you're seeing this community start to really reach out and start helping, and that's what we need. We need that help, too, and for us to be able to say, we've got some people here that need to go to either your facility or what have you and let us be able to get them to them
0: and, and sheriff out of all the people that you have in jail. Two questions. One, what percentage of them do you think have an addiction problem, whether it's opioids or alcohol or whatever? And secondly, what percentage of crimes that you see being committed in Knox County have drugs as one of the root causes of that crime?
2: Both of those are going to be high percentages. Uh, it, it's been that way ever since I've been in law enforcement. I started in 1980. Uh, somebody was doing something with some sort of drug back then. Uh, obviously back then we saw a different type of drug. And, you know, and, and at one point many years ago our, our heroin uh, Addiction was one of our our biggest problems and people were dying and people stopped doing that Uh, Don't know why that hasn't changed this time as not only with the heroin, but also with our opioids Things have drastically changed and people just seem to continue with the addiction and I I think I saw something in in the news the other day uh, About a a doctor who was arrested because of uh, Promoting one of the opioid manufacturers. So, you know, I think TENNESSEE LEGISLATURES HAVE ALSO JUMPED IN AND SAID, YOU KNOW, HERE ARE SOME OF THE CHANGES THAT ARE GOING TO HAPPEN WITH OUR DOCTORS AS FAR AS PRESCRIBING. Uh, BUT HOPEFULLY WHEN WE START THERE AND WE'RE ABLE TO GET SOME OF THAT INFORMATION INTO OUR PEOPLE WHO ARE THERE IN THE FACILITY AND GET THEM TO THOSE uh, PLACES THEY NEED TO BE, HOPEFULLY THAT'S GOING TO HELP. PEOPLE MAKE MISTAKES. WE UNDERSTAND THAT, YOU KNOW, AND PEOPLE DESERVE A SECOND CHANCE. AND I THINK THAT'S WHAT WE LOOK AT FOR THE MOST PART FOR THESE PEOPLE WHO ARE either addicted and what have you we want to give them that second chance to be productive out here
1: we have seen a national conversation and local conversation about the value of body cameras for officers are you a fan of body cameras and continuing that policy with the sheriff's department and if so why do you think it benefits officers
2: it benefits the officers not only for their safety but it also benefits the public in case somebody does do something wrong but the biggest thing i tell our officers is that's your evidence you do something out here or, or somebody accuses you of something that is your evidence you make sure that you have that and yeah I'm, I'm a proponent of it just because it does help us in the law enforcement side and i know that the uh, I guess our, our citizens and our public out here look at it as, you know, they want to make sure that our officers are doing the right thing. There's nobody more that wants to see officers do the right thing than me, and, and I have to put this plug in there. I, I am very proud of the job that the Knox County Sheriff's Office employees do out here. They do a tremendous job and they have they have a hard and tough job, but I want them to also be very professional and very respectful to our community.
4: Tom, I'm going to ask, when you took the job, and, and we're going to shift a little bit to administrations. Um, What shape did you find the Knox County Sheriff's Department in, and whatever that shape was, do you think it's better, and if so, how, or do you think you're still struggling to improve it?
2: I'm still working. I want to make things better. I think anybody who would come into that position would say, even if they come in after me, I I want to build on it and make it better.
4: CLEARLY GOING 12 TO 10 HOURS WAS A FIRST STEP.
2: SURE, AND I THINK THAT WAS A MORALE BOOSTER, uh, ESPECIALLY FOR THE PATROL OFFICERS. ONE OF THE OTHER THINGS THAT, that WE DID WAS uh, OUR CORRECTIONAL OFFICERS, WE TOOK THEM OUT OF THEIR BDU PANTS, PUT THEM BACK IN A UNIFORM, AND WE ISSUED THEM A BADGE. Uh, I THINK THE AUTHORITY with them, WITH THEM MAKES THEM FEEL MORE PROFESSIONAL, Not NOT TO HAVE AUTHORITY TO ABUSE, BUT AUTHORITY TO SAY, I'm proud of the job that I do, and I think that was important to boost the morale within the correction and, side, too. Uh, my,
4: the original part of my question, the shape you found your department in?
2: I, I want to say that the men and women were doing a good, very good job. Uh, there are some things that I thought, everybody has their own philosophy how they want to run things, and you know, I could say that that's wrong or that's right. Uh, there are some things that I just didn't think that that's the way I wanted it to run, and, and I'm not going to make disparities about Sheriff Jones. I think Sheriff Jones and I are friends. And, and, Uh, HE DID WHAT HE THOUGHT WAS THE WAY HE WANTED TO RUN IT. AND I HAVE A DIFFERENT VISION ON SOME THINGS. uh, AND and I WANT TO MAKE SURE THAT I GET THOSE OUT THERE. THEY'RE JUST NOT HAPPENING AS QUICKLY AS I WOULD LIKE FOR THEM TO HAPPEN, BUT uh, WE'RE GOING TO MAKE SURE THAT THEY DO.
1: SHERIFF SPANGLER, WE
2: APPRECIATE THE TIME. THANK YOU VERY MUCH FOR JOINING US. THANKS FOR HAVING ME.
1: ABSOLUTELY. THANKS FOR ALL YOU AND YOUR OFFICERS DO ON THE STREET EVERY DAY. THANK YOU. WE'RE BACK WITH OUR TALK AROUND RIGHT AFTER THIS. Back on Inside Tennessee Sheriff Tom Spengler our guest this morning. Don, you asked a lot about reforms in not only administration, but the jail in particular. What do you see has to change? Uh, The culture of the
4: jail has to change dramatically for it to be consistent, even with the standards set by the other big municipalities. And this is my anecdotal experience in practicing law across the state. Um, The turnaround times on getting people released that should be released are too slow. Um, The conditions are not very good. Uh, there needs to be more staffing out there. There is no question, and, and Sheriff Spengler has difficulty in doing that, but a lot has to go on. I will say morale seems to be up with the department and with the officers, and I see them in the back halls every day.
1: John North, the state has a new governor. Yes. Um, but there are not as many East Tennesseans involved in his administration. Explain yeah, that. Yeah, well, you know,
3: we went from Governor Haslam, who tapped a lot of people from East Tennessee, uh, people he knew personally and could trust, and now he's gone and a lot of them are gone, we learned last week that Christy Branscombe was taking one of the commission seats. And that's she'll nice. Be she'll be fine. She was very low-key um, and effective, I think, but that's about it, really.
1: I mean, that's about it. I kind of miss all those East Tennessee folks. So what might the impact of that be, Mike?
0: Well, I don't know. It's too, it's too soon to say. We don't have any special or particular needs here beyond what we traditionally have. And what we very much have in our favor is uh, Lieutenant Governor Randy McNally. Uh, he represents, all the way down to Fountain City, he represents a lot of uh, Knoxville, Knox County. And especially this year, the governor doesn't know how to do a budget. The, the The legislature will play an even bigger hand this year. So we're, we're blessed to have Randy That'll McNally. That'll make Glenn Cassidy happy. He yeah. wants a bigger
3: role
1: anyway. Yeah, we does. only have 15 seconds over under on when the government reopens at the federal level. Oh, gosh. Uh, March. March?
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree. Oh, I'll
1: say February. My goodness, it's got to be February, right? It's a Thank short me. month. <laughs> Thank you for watching Inside Tennessee. Hope you see you back here next week on Sunday morning.